1: So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Getting you ready for the day in sports betting, this is Point Spread Saturday on VCN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into Point Spread Saturday here on VCN, the sports betting network. I'm Mark Zeno. Appreciate you. Spending your Saturday morning with us here on VEASAN, getting you set for a big day in college hoops and the NBA. Of course, we are approaching March Madness and NCAA tournament time. More on that here in just a moment. We'll get to the NFL coming up. Uh, Eric Edelhoff of Yahoo Sports will help us handicap the NFL draft and who may go at the top. But also we'll look at way too early division winner odds in the NFL before the end of this hour. And, of course, I'll give you all of my plays for the day, both in college and the NBA on the hardwood before the end of the show, which will be at 10 a.m. Eastern before we turn it over to uh, the Lombardi line with Patrick Maher and Mike Lombardi. So we got lots to do here on point spread Saturday. Let's get back to college hoops here and play a little blind resume games. What we're going to do right now is uh, on your screen, we're going to post up two blind resumes of teams with their odds to win the national title, and I'll talk you through it and give you my selection between those two teams of who I'd rather have a wager on to win the national title at this point in time. So we pull up our first two teams here in our blind resumes. You see Team A, 14-1 to win the national championship, averaging just under 80 points a game in a great shooting team, uh, is sixth in the NCAA at 49.2%. Team B, 18-1 to to win the national championship, averaging 77.5 points per game and one of the best scoring margins uh, at 14.5 in the NCAA. And we'll give you the reveal here in just a moment. But I would say blindly when you look at this, when you have a team that shoots well and shoots this well, in the tournament for six games in March, that is something I can back a lot more uh, than necessarily a team that wins games by a lot. A lot of that scoring margin can be a little bit deceiving from the standpoint of you played against lesser opponents, you have some dregs at the bottom of your conference that you smoke a lot. It's really what's your scoring margin against, you know, teams that are going to make the NCAA tournament, teams that sit in the top 50, top 75 at Ken Palm ratings, and how do you fare against those teams that really matter? So let's bring up the resume here and we'll show you who they are between team A and team B. And as you can see, team A is The Kansas Jayhawks team B, the Baylor Bears. I told you these two teams are going to play each other today. It'll be interesting to see how this game shakes out. I'm back in Kansas catching points today, and I think Kansas is a much better team or much better chance to win the NCAA tournament. I think Baylor's overrated. I mean, again, in reality, Baylor really has one quality win that I can think of over Texas. Again, I'll give them a quality win over Villanova, but it was so long ago, back in the beginning of December, that it's hard to really think that that team is exactly the same team. So uh, I have a lot more faith in Kansas to win the national title, than I do the Baylor Bears. All right, next uh, blind comparison between Team A and Team B here. Team A, 10 to 1 to win the national championship. High scoring team, 82 points per game, fifth in the NCAA, and a very big rebounding team, 38.4 rebounds per game in the top 35. Team B, 10 to 1 as well to win the national championship, 80 points per game, that's ninth in the NCAA, and 39.3 rebounds per game, 20th in college hoops Uh, the reveal here between these two teams is purdue uh team a and duke team b it's funny how we kind of have changed our perception on duke or at least i have like i feel like we're not talking enough about duke because the acc is having such a down year one thing i think that duke has in their back pocket is that these kids clearly want to win the whole thing for coach k send him out on a high note all the way out, but maybe are we undervaluing Duke a little bit, or at least in the national conscience, probably not, but I just feel like we're not talking enough about Duke as far as a legit team to win the national championship. As I talked about Purdue before, they are huge inside. Uh, They are a very big team. They're a little bit suspect on defense, particularly at the three point line. Um, I would probably lean on Duke in this spot. I I think Purdue is a really competent team and I like them a lot, but between these two, I'd rather have the ticket on Duke because of their experience, because of Coach K, because of, uh, uh, you know, just the intangibles that matter. And that motivation factor, I think, is a big part for these kids really wanting to win something for Coach K and send them out on a high note. So I would take the 10-to-1 with the Duke Blue Devils. Next blind reveal uh, between two teams that have longer odds to win the national championship, 40-to-1 odds for both of these teams. Team A, another high-scoring team, 80 points per game, 8th in the NCAA. And then conversely, you look at Team B. They are a low-scoring team, but a great defensive team. So Team A, great on offense, bad on defense. Team B, great on defense, bad on offense. And really the question is, is what do you trust more in, t- in the NCAA tournament? I'll always take the defense. Defense travels better. Defense can keep you in games longer than offense can. A bad shooting night can cost you uh, a shot at the national title as we do the reveal here. And you probably can guess who these two teams are, uh, but the great on offense, bad on defense team is Alabama and the great on defense, bad on offense team is Texas. Look, Texas's offense is probably going to bite him in the backside at some point when they get to the NCAA tournament, Alabama's sitting in the bubble right now. I'm not sure they're hundred percent in um, given who they are uh, and, and the way that they play. They've got some really sort of head scratching losses, and it's one of those things where do your quality wins matter, or do your bad losses matter more to the committee? I think the bad losses for Alabama will come back to hurt them as far as them getting in the tournament. Uh, so I can't back them right now. I would back Texas at forty to one, but I don't have a lot of confidence in Texas because eventually, as good as their defense is, um, their offense is going to cause them to lose a game in the fifties. I-, I could just see it happening. Um, it's it's not a lot of faith I would have in the Longhorns um, given where they are. And I know Chris Beard is there sort of, you know, reinvigorating that program and trying to get them up to an, a, a level where they can win a national title, but not with this offense. They can't, uh, I, I just hard to back them. Love their defense clearly. Uh, and it travels and it's better through March and their defense will be able to keep them in bad shooting games. But I, unfortunately I feel like their offense ultimately will be what would certainly um, holds them back. All right. Uh, one more here. In a blind reveal, both of these teams, very long odds to win the national championship at 150-1. to 1. Uh, You're looking at Team A, 54th in Ken Palm, uh, and have lost four of the last five. And the other one, 31st in Ken Palm, looking to make their first tournament in five years. A much tougher blind reveal. I'd give anybody a lot of credit if they could figure out who these two teams are. But let's show America who they are. Team A is TCU. Team B is Wake Forest. Here's what helps TCU. They're playing in one of the best conferences in America. Uh, and, and they are starting to come on at the right time. If this is a team that can finish above 500 in the conference, uh, I think they have a good shot to make the NCAA tournament. Um, and it's about getting hot in March. Do I think this is a team that can win the national championship? No. Do I think they have an opportunity to win through the first two rounds and get to the Sweet 16? Yes. Um, I think when they start to really depending on where their seating is like TCU could be in one of those games where they get that play in game of the first four and end up being an 11 seed and upset a six seed. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of a spot where TCU absolutely could sneak in or maybe even a seven, 10 spot um, for them. Could it be a five, 12? Um, no, I, I, you know, I don't think the committee would put TCU on a 12 line. They usually reserve that for a lot of the smaller schools, Uh, For one reason or another, I think 11th is probably the lowest that they would go. But again, you're looking at team 54th in Ken Palm. So it would be hard to justify them anything below uh, that seed. And then Wake Forest, another team that's coming on strong is the ACC having a down year. Absolutely. Is this a team that, you know, you think that uh, all of a sudden um, could make a run? It's possible. I mean, this is, you know, a a Wake Forest team that that, uh, you know, clearly has, has some holes in it. Um, based off of how they've played this year, but for them to make the NCAA tournament would be a huge feather in their cap because, as I said, first time to do it in the last five years. So you start to see how some of these teams shake out and what their national championship odds look like. I still think one of the best plays for the national championship is to pick the conference, either the SEC or the Big Twelve. I, I love both of these conferences right now, um, and even their odds to make the Final Four, even though they, they're less than two to one, uh, from a conference standpoint. I, I would be surprised if neither one of these conferences get at least one team into the Final Four. Uh, I don't have a ton of faith in the ACC. Uh, could the Pac-12 make some noise? Yeah, um, there's some really good teams. Arizona, obviously. I think USC is a very good team, although they had a very struggling uh, win over Oregon State is at the bottom of the Pac-12 in their game. And UCLA is also another good team. I just don't know the depth is there after those three teams in the Pac-12. I can't trust Oregon. It's been such a mixed bag of results uh, from that team as they are also another bubble team. But the Big 12 and the SEC have proven to be the two big powerhouses in college hoops this year. uh, And there's no reason not to back them To get to the final four or even to win the national title here when you talk about the depth of both of those conferences i think the big 12 depth is starting to shorten a little bit iowa state was really good earlier in the year starting to fall off but when you talk about kansas baylor and texas tech uh and as i mentioned even the longhorns before those are four real quality teams uh each with their own particular strengths um that can give you a reason but the top three really texas tech is is a team that I think really uh, is going to surprise some people. Uh, th- there wasn't a lot of hype for them after losing Chris Beard uh, and then the deep tournament runs that he's made, but they are poised for another one. Uh, as their offense gets right, and it has over the last couple of weeks, um, that, that is a team that you you absolutely think can win uh, a ton of games in March and, and get to the final four, if not win the whole thing. And then what can you say about the SEC? Just the top of the conference is stacked and loaded between Auburn, Kentucky. We talked about Saw earlier, you get Tennessee. Uh, of course, you still have some some outside shots from some of these other teams. Whether it's LSU, who's got some quality wins on their schedule, although their offense is problematic. Um, this is a conference that really just has some high level, high quality uh, teams that that are poised to make deep runs in March. So, lots of interesting stuff with the NCAA tournament and how it's going. Of course, we've still got some regular season games to get to and conference tournaments before. The madness truly begins. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll take a look at way too early NFL division futures. Uh, who's going to win each division in the NFL? That's next. It's Mark Zeno. Appreciate you joining me here on Point Spread Saturday on Vsin, the sports betting network. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is Point Spread Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network.
2: For college basketball insight, check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg's Hoops Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season. And on this podcast, he provides his unique insight and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities. Download Coast to Coast Hoops now at Vson.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, catch up on every VSON show as well, including this one, Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zenno. Appreciate you guys spending your Saturday morning with us. Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports will help us break down odds for the NFL draft, who may be the number one overall selection as those odds continue to move. Uh, we'll do that here. Uh, coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, before we get to the NFL, I was in New York over the last week visiting some family. It's where I'm from originally, and you know they just legalized betting at the beginning of the year. It has become such a you know feeling within that state when you talk about legalizing betting. Um, you you talk to people and ask them about it. It, it. They everyone just loves it. I mean, it has been such a a sort of emotional lift for sports fans. Uh, as there's so much to do now, of course, a billion dollars worth of bets taken within the first six weeks uh, in the state of New York. So, clear, again, obviously, there's a lot of people uh, in New York, but still uh, massive amounts being done. So much so that, uh, you know, I, I actually watched my brother, who's older than I am, and a bunch of 45-year-old men playing a uh, in a hockey game. Uh, and, and I was joking with him because he was telling me they didn't have enough guys and they were short-staffed. Well, I said, listen, I'm going to— uh, I'm going to lay the points with the other team here. I'm going to take them on the puck line, and of course, uh, my brother's team got killed six six nothing or seven nothing, whatever it was in the game. But you know, you can bet on everything now in New York. It's a ton of fun, uh, and certainly uh, hoping to see that we more states are starting to legalize it across the board. All right, Uh, let's get to the NFL here as uh, we look at the divisions for. Uh, division odds for each of these teams by division, starting in the AFC with the AFC North. Uh, Bengals, the leader at plus 160. Of course, they were installed as the favorite. Uh, I think that's probably a little bit premature. That said, again, the Ravens at plus 180, Browns plus 340, Steelers plus 650. I got to tell you, I think it's a smart time to put a small play on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And here's why because I just don't believe they're going to let Devlin Hodges be their starting quarterback they're going to address it somehow like I, I, the steelers organization is too smart to sit there and think that they're going to be a competitive team with devlin hodges they were barely competitive last year with ben roethlisberger who was falling apart they know that they have to address it they know that they have the defense to do it they have a lot of the weapons that they need to do it they fix the quarterback position i think you get great value again you're hedging on the fact that pittsburgh will address it if they don't you probably have a losing ticket in your hand but At plus 650, that's going to be a very tight division. There's no reason to believe that Pittsburgh won't be there because of how they're managed and how they're coached. It's not a bad play. Other than that, Ravens probably bounce back. They won't have as many injuries. Lamar Jackson should be healthy. That's where I'd put my bet. Go to the AFC South. Titans a favorite at minus 125. Colts a plus 140. Jaguars getting so much love, and I can't figure out why. Um, I understand they changed coaches. I just don't think they got that much better, although they do have some talent Uh, depending on what they do in the draft. I think that they could start to make some noise, but it's really hard to go from like, you know, three wins to a playoff team in one year. That doesn't happen all that often. Um, Do you trust Carson Wentz? Yes. Uh, I'm still one of the only people left who does, Um, but just not a lot of value in any of those teams. Not, not a, not a place I'd look to make a bet. AFC East, as we see uh, the bills at plus two twenty five. And the Patriots at plus 330. I'm sorry, Bills minus 225. Excuse me. Dolphins at plus 650. Jets at 25 to 1. Um, I, I just can't bet against the Bills. I mean, I, really. There's, there's no reason to at this point in time. They are the most complete team in the NFL. Uh, the best team doesn't always win the Super Bowl. I think we know that. But uh, it's just too much of a heavy favorite for me to lay it at this point in time. Uh, Mac Jones is, will be better. He'll be okay. I don't think he's going to be anything special at this point in his career where he's going to elevate this Patriots team to a whole different level. Plus, the Patriots still missing a ton of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, let's see if they address that in the offseason. AFC West, we've talked about this, right? Uh, Chiefs at minus 175, Chargers plus 400, Broncos plus 450. four Back in the Raiders at 10-1, to 1, folks. They still continue to get overlooked. They still continue to get disrespected. They still probably, for my money, may have the second-best quarterback in that division. I know Justin Herbert's really good. But David Carr, I'm sorry, Derek Carr, rather, is extremely consistent and continues to produce. If Josh McDaniels provides the coaching edge that they need, that I think that he can, the Raiders are my bet. They are the one team that knows how to beat Kansas City. They've done it routinely. I will not disrespect the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I love them at 10-1. to 1. I think it's an absolutely great bet uh, for them to get there. And, again, this is a, the, the Broncos and Chargers missed the playoffs last year. And they still have better odds. There were ten teams with better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Raiders. I think we're installed at fifty to one to win the Super Bowl this year. Stop disrespecting the Raiders. That is a very, very good team. Their defense is only going to get a lot better. Over to the NFC, we know why the Packers uh, are going to be uh, the number one favorite. Vikings at plus two fifty. Bears at plus six hundred. Lions at twelve to one. Back Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Um, and again. He may not be there. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ends up somewhere else. I feel like there's a lot of validity to Kirk Cousins being much similar to Matt Stafford. If you get him in a better scenario, take take Kirk Cousins and put him in Pittsburgh this year and see what he looks like. That's a place where all of a sudden the whole thing looks different for Kirk Cousins uh, as a guy who I think, again, continues to get disrespected as a quarterback, continues to produce. At a very high level, give him a right coach and the right system um, and, and and the right play. I mean, certainly he has weapons on him on offense, but you give him a better, complete team with guys on defense. Uh, I, again, I'll, I'll always back Kirk Cousins. I think he's a very, very good quarterback. and continues to be underrated. Over to the NFC East, where you see the Cowboys installed at minus 160, Eagles at plus 350, Commanders at plus 500, and the pathetic Giants, yes, my pathetic New York Giants uh, at plus 900. Could it be the Eagles are the play? Now, I want to say it's what the last 12 or 15 years is it? We've had a different division winner in the NFC East for the last 15 years. So if that trend continues, betting on the Cowboys is probably not smart. Could the Eagles be the team that upsets with Jalen Hurts? Will they make a change at quarterback? Who knows? The Cowboys, again, are a team that as publicly bet as they are, they continue to get looked down upon. I think that's a very complete team. Their defense now has started to look like a defense that um, can help you win a title. Uh, Is there a coaching issue there? Probably. Is Mike McCarthy preventing them from winning a Super Bowl? Probably. But from a pure talent standpoint, as far as winning the division, they should be able to do that. As long as Dak Prescott is healthy uh, and playing all 17 games, I have a hard time not betting on this team. They're going to drop some games they're not supposed to. Uh, they're going to have some head scratchers, and I think that's the coaching issue that you're talking about right there. Um, but is anybody else clearly good enough to be able to hang with them? The thing about the Eagles last year, they were great beating up on bad teams. They were really bad against good teams. And how much better can they get? I don't, it's tough to figure out, right? Like I, it, It's tough to understand and know what Nick Sirianni in year two as a head coach, how is he going to progress? Is he making Jalen Hurts better? Are they figuring out ways to – Um, become a more complete team. One of the best running teams in the NFL. Again, remember, Eagles made the playoffs as a seven seed. And what does that mean? I don't really know. Uh, What are we going to make of these teams that make it as seven seeds? Are they really that good? Uh, Time will tell. But it's hard to back the Eagles. The only thing you'd be backing is the fact that, again, that trend continues that there hasn't been a repeat winner of the NFC East in over a decade. So that trend should continue. It would be the Eagles, the team to do it, I, unless Washington addresses the quarterback scenario. There's two things that have to happen for Washington. They've got to address the quarterback scenario, and their defense has to return to form. For a defense that two years ago was one of the best in the NFL and has two amazing edge pass rushers in Chase Young and Montez Sweat, you know this is a very good defense from a talent standpoint. They just didn't play like it this shit. They played awful on the defensive end. They were really bad, and it started earlier on in the year, and it never got better. So if they fix the defense. That's maybe not a bad bet, if but you also have to know what they're going to do at quarterback. Like, it, there, there has to be some sort of clarity to it. Uh, the rumors starting to swirl. I think that Washington is the favorite now to get Deshaun Watson. If that happens, if you can put away the off-the-field stuff and, and say, hey, it's not a big deal to you, yeah. Washington and Deshaun Watson make a ton of sense. The question is, what are they going to give up for? it? Um, because if I was Houston, I'd be asking for Chase Young in return, period. I wouldn't do the deal without Chase Young in it. And, and if you ask me, could Washington afford to give up Chase Young? Yes, absolutely they can. Um, you always take the quarterback over the defensive end. It's just, it, it just is what it is. Uh, you, 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 you can make up for the difference of losing a player like Chase Young. And I think Chase Young is very good, but I don't think he's, he's the best pass rusher in the league at this point. Uh, real quick, the NFC West, Rams at plus 150, Niners at plus 200, Cardinals plus 350, Seattle way out at plus 550. Uh, give me the Cardinals i'll back kyler murray here if they can get through the sort of headache and that's just to win the division if they can get through uh cliff kingsbury and all the off the field stuff they're dealing with right now and the contract and everything else they get that taken care of i think kyler murray is the best quarterback in that division all right coming up next let's look to the nfl draft eric edholm of yahoo sports will join us as we take a look at the odds for who Maybe the number one overall selection how that all plays out that's next here on point spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zeno. Appreciate your spending your Saturday morning with us on VEASAN the Sports Betting Network. This
1: is point spread Saturday on V-SAN, the sports betting network.
2: Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with Vsin's full court bracket betting coverage starting on March 13th. 6 hours of free live video streaming on vsin.com including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every single game. The Vsin college hoops experts including Greg Hoops Peterson We'll analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the very best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket and round one tournament betting with VSIN College Hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on VSIN.com. Welcome back into Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zeno. As always, appreciate you guys spending your Saturday morning with us here as we turn our attention to the NFL draft. And welcome in from Yahoo Sports. Another great man who has fathered twins, much like myself. He is our get-home here on Point Spread Saturday. Double E, great to talk to you as always, my friend. Yeah, good
3: hearing your voice as well. The ball well.
2: Uh, it is. It is. As we get set for the NFL draft here, uh, odds for the number one overall pick right now, as we look at it, uh, certain shops via Bet MGM have Aiden Hutchinson at the top, although FanDuel has just flipped and put Evan Neal uh, as the likely number one overall selection. So assuming the Jaguars hold on to this, I think there's vo- valid reasons for them to look at both of these players. But who would you lean on to probably be the Jaguars number one overall selection?
3: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Doug Peterson comes in and, and, you know, obviously, you know, he's not the the GM, but it's an unusual circumstance there with Trent Falky. A lot of people maybe thinking he might be on his way out or at some point, you know, so there's got to be a lot of Peterson influence. And the interesting thing, you look at his Philly teams, he was strong on both lines, offensive and defensive, right? So you could make a case for Hutchinson, especially with his, you know, his leadership quality, his Uh, you know, ability to stop the run and the pass. I think he's, you know, I wouldn't say he's an electric pass rusher, but he's very good at both. Uh, And then Neil, obviously the case would be, look, he just invested in Trevor Lawrence. He had a rough rookie year, right? He finished on a high note that last game, but in between a lot of tough games and a lot of poor protection. And you want to do everything you can to insulate him. I think that's what kind of tilted to Neil for me right now. I don't think this is set in stone by any means. I think we're a long way off from figuring this out. You know, the year the Titans were picking number one, uh, they made the, the trade down with, with the, the, to the Rams with Jared Goff, and it was, uh, you know, we were putting Laramie Tunsil on the top spot. We were kind of guessing at this point. I think that's where we are right now. I'm not saying a trade is imminent. I'm not saying that the quarterback is going number one, but I am saying that there's a lot – in uh, in flux right now, but I would lean Neil
2: at this point. Eric, I- I'll get to quarterbacks in a minute because it's always an interesting scenario. But I do want to ask you about Aiden Hutchinson versus Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, and, uh, and that sort of dynamic, I, I've been reading, and again, it's a lot of noise at this point in time, right? But that there is some talk that Thibodeau may go in front of Aiden Hutchinson because, well, he was neutralized against Georgia in the, uh, in the national semifinal and, and things of that nature. Uh, you can't really rely on that, right? you got to look at, at 13 games of tape, and Aiden Hutchinson clearly um, was dominant for 13 games. But is there a chance you think Thibodeau could go in front of Hutchinson?
3: And I'll be honest. I watched that tape a couple of days later. I don't, you know, wasn't right immediately after the national or the the playoff game, rather. I thought Hutchinson played pretty well. I mean, all things considered, they ran away from him. They slid protection his way. You know, they they threw a tight end in his face a lot, along with the right tackle. You know, I mean, almost every single play, he had extra attention, and he had a big tackle for loss. I know it wasn't the game everyone was expecting, right? Coming off the, you know, the Heisman uh, Trophy finalist stage and everything, but. Uh, yeah, I mean the overall body of work is really strong. I mean, even with his injury in twenty twenty, he's he's played a lot of good football. I had him as a low first round pick had he come out a year ago. So, you know, this is obviously a player with a lot of high regard around the league. Thibodeau is kind of more in that Jadevion clowny sort of sphere, I would say, where you recognize he has explosive ability you know he can do more things athletically than than hutchinson can he can drop a little bit and you know rush from different angles and whatnot and chase down speed is probably a little bit better i think there are some people just kind of questioning whether you know he's got that dog you know whether he's got that sort of rare finishing ability to where you can put up with a couple of snaps where his effort is is good but not great i mean there are honestly times when he looks like an unstoppable force and then others where you see him kind of disappear for stretches. So this is nitpicking, but that's what's going to happen. And I don't know. I think the, the, the feeling right now is that Hutchinson is a little bit more of a safer pick. That's just the general temperature I've taken. I think some people will see Thibodeau and see a little bit more versatility, I would say, and maybe favor him. I I couldn't tell you that if it's, you know, half the clubs that feel that way or, or less, but I, I, I think it really is going to be a dealer's choice, you know, and it's not going to be a, a, a you know, an even vote or anything like that.
2: All right. Let's turn our attention uh, to the quarterbacks. Cause of the eight teams selecting in the top 10, the Jets and giants have two picks. You could argue five of them need a quarterback, Detroit, Houston, the giants, Carolina and Denver, all teams that, I think there's a very valid argument for them taking a quarterback at some point in time here in this draft. And uh, they're always overvalued, right? It just is what it is Uh, that you draft quarterbacks as soon as they become available. Now, that means that Jacksonville could be open to a trade with one of those teams, particularly a team like Carolina, who, you know, with Matt rule, things went sideways for them this year. Could somebody trade up to number one to take a quarterback? I, I always subscribe to the theory: you don't, if you want a quarterback in the first round, you don't wait on them; you go get them, right? Like there's, there's no reason to hope. Uh, hoping a quarterback falls to you is a bad philosophy. Um, but the likelihood of who you think the first quarterback will be and what team it goes to.
3: Yeah, I mean, right now there's so many variables. Right, we we don't even know. I think what you have to figure out first is. What's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? What's going to happen with Russell Wilson? You know, is Deshaun Watson in play, right? Those are the, the three big dominoes probably right now. You know, there may be other secondary ones like Garoppolo and whatnot that are going to move teams, and you say, all right, that's going to take a team out of the quarterback mix. You know, obviously the 49ers have their guy last year. So, you know, I think until we know what those those veteran solutions are and whether those three guys and maybe more are moving, to, moving uh, rosters, it's really hard to gauge how early these guys will go. But I, I go back to that Goff trade in 2016. I mean, you know, Jared Goff was not considered a clear-cut, number-one overall pick kind of guy. That's, I think, where we are right now with, and you know, Carson Wentz went it two that year, too. Looking back, those guys have had uneven careers, right? They've, they've had teams on their watch go to Super Bowls. You know, one won it. Obviously, Wentz's team without one. Goff, you know, lost one as a starter. And his team, without him, won the Super Bowl. So, the question with these quarterbacks—whether we're talking about Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell or, or Matt Corral or whoever—are they are they on that level of player? And do you need to, you know, mortgage the future, so to speak, to go get them? And that's the debate I think a lot of teams are having right now. And. I'm not saying they're necessarily gonna stand pat and wait for those guys to come to them, but look at what New England did last year, right? They stayed at fifteen. They didn't feel the need to even move up a spot to get back Jones. So sometimes it happens that way. And I think patience will be rewarded in this quarterback class, you know, whether it's a Desmond Ritter a little bit lower or you know, a Carson Strong even lower than that. So I would guess there's probably going to be at least one top 10 quarterback, whether it's Carolina or Denver, one of those teams that doesn't come up with a Rogers or a Wilson or a Watson or what have you. So that's my general sense. Could two land there? Maybe. I have a feeling that Willis, with his array of skills, is going to dazzle somebody. Understanding that he's not a finished product, but that he could, like if you're going to bet on somebody, you bet on somebody with all tools. Yeah.
2: I'll ask you one more question here uh, about the possibility of a trade. I think you have four teams with two t- two picks within the first round. Giants, Jets, um, Lions, and Eagles are all teams with multiple picks in the first round. As a Giants fan, I would love for them to trade with Detroit, uh, swap five and seven for two and 32 if the Giants throw in an extra third rounder. I'd rather the Giants go up to number two and go get uh, Kalen Thibodeau, but that's just me. But is there a trade you think or a team that's likely to, to happen?
3: And the Giants may be able to get Thibodeau at five, honestly. I I really think they could. I don't know that that's, you know. So, I mean, if that happens, right, you'd obviously say, look, it's worth the risk at that point. They had two picks. and You know, Kyle Hamilton's another sort of X factor in this draft as well. I think if the teams with the multiple firsts, you know, I can't rule out Detroit moving around a little bit. I could see that possibly. I don't know that they'll be able to move down to two. But up from 32 possibly, you know, they they have the, the second rounder as well. Philadelphia has three firsts, and I would be surprised at this point if they, if they used all three. I think they're going to move one of them, and possibly for a 2023 pick. The sense being that, look, they're going to give Jalen Hurts one more year, let him try to prove it. If he can't, then we go into a richer quarterback draft next year, theoretically richer, and, and try to get our guy then. That's the best prediction I could probably give you at this point as far as teams with multiple firsts. Joe Shane in New York. Look, Buffalo did a lot of movement its first year under uh, Brandon Bean. I could see it.
2: Eric home. Thanks for the time, as always, brother. Stay well. We'll talk again soon.
3: All right, man. Looking forward to it. See ya.
2: Wrapping things up next, my selections, my picks, here on Point Spread Saturday on v the Sports Betting Network.
0: going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here, along with you fans, covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. $300,000. Anyone can win. Relationships matter. And only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody?
1: This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Getting you ready for the day in sports betting, this is Point Spread Saturday on vSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com and check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, Over, Under, and Against the Spread bets. Betting splits are another way that VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Welcome back in to Point Spread Saturday. Final segment here. I'm Mark Zeno. Appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow for a Point Spread Sunday uh, edition of the show as we will go through all of college and the NBA and, of course, continue to look at the NFL going forward. Uh, Final segment of the show here this morning, and I'll give you all my selections and bets that I'm on for today, starting in college, uh, as we go to the top 25 in the first game, Purdue at Michigan, uh, Boilermakers. Uh, this line was was three and a half last night when I looked at it. It's moved all the way up to minus five right now, so clearly a lot of the public jumping on uh, Purdue in this spot here, and I understand why. They're fifth in America in points per game, number two in three-point shooting. Uh, they are a huge team size-wise. You talk about Zach Eady, uh, Jade Ivey just coming off a huge performance. They get 26 points last time out. Uh, this is a team that physically is better than Michigan state. I don't like the way the Spartans are playing. They're averaging just 68 points per game over the last 10. And they really only have one quality win on their resume against Wisconsin. This is a desperate spot for the Spartans and a spot where they need to get a quality win because their tournament resume is, is weakening very quickly. I, I don't think they're going to be left out. I think their name recognition alone, it would probably surprise some people if they were left out, but this is one of those desperation spots at home where they need to put together a win again, I think you lost the value on the number. It's hard to back Purdue as this line continues to move. And I would be surprised if there's buyback on Michigan state, but um, I had it at three and a half last night, comfortable there at five. We start to get to an area where I'm not as comfortable, but I think Purdue is the better team. Uh, And because they have some problems on the three point perimeter defense, where Michigan state is very good uh, from three point line, number 12 in America, My confidence in the play isn't as big as it was at five, as it was at three or three and a half. But uh, let's see what happens. I'll still back the Boilermakers here today. Second game that I'm on between Kentucky and Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas has been amazing. Um, They have just been on an incredible run. They're laying two points at home to the higher seeded, higher ranked uh, Kentucky Wildcats. I don't want to bet against Arkansas at home, and I don't want to bet against Kentucky catching points. Because they are so good and so deep. So I'll stay off the side on this one. Look to the total over 147. Why fight it? Uh, it's a big number, but this pace should be fast. Uh, both of these teams want to score. It's what they're comfortable doing. You know, again, this is not a situation where Arkansas, when they beat Tennessee against a Tennessee defense that is. M- I wouldn't say much better than Kentucky's. Kentucky's defense is good, but it's not to the lockdown level that Tennessee is. But I think there'll be points scored in this game. Uh, Both of these teams are comfortable playing fast and up and down. And Bud Walton Arena is going to be popping today. It's going to be an amazing environment. I'll play the over 147. Next in the SEC, number three, Auburn at number 17, Tennessee, the aforementioned Volunteers. Their defense, uh, number 24 in America, allowing just 62 points per game on the year. Auburn has been bad on the road, uh, very bad. Their last four games on the road, you're talking about outright losses to Florida and Arkansas. And a two-point win against Georgia, who is the worst team in the SEC, one of the worst teams in America, and a one-point win over Missouri. Both of those games where they won by a possession, they were the number one team in America. So this is a spot for Auburn. I don't like them on the road. They're six and seven against the number. Tennessee, fourteen at O at home, straight up, just eight and six against the number. They've been really good at home. It's their defense that I'm going to back here today, laying three points at home against Auburn. Auburn's offense, which is really good, only scored 58 against Arkansas, 63 against Kentucky and 73 against Alabama. Uh, You know, this is a spot. Alabama is one of the best offenses and they're one of the worst defenses in the country, rather. And you're looking at a situation where, you know, uh, they're just not scoring. And so I I don't like to back Auburn here on the road. Um, I I know it's when the number three team in America is catching points. It seems like a very juicy spot here. But until I see Auburn do better on the road, uh, I can't have a lot of confidence with them uh, in this spot. So uh, I'll lay it with the volunteers at home, uh, which should be another. And it's a late tip today, too, between those two teams. I think it's six o'clock start, but it should be a a lot of fun to watch that game. But Tennessee's defense should do enough to slow down uh, the Auburn Tigers. Go over to the Big 12, Kansas and Baylor. Number five, Kansas at number 10, Baylor. Baylor laying three points here. I think the wrong team is favored. This is the first time all year long Kentucky has been a dog. And for what it's worth, Baylor has been a dog just twice this year, once against Kansas, a game that they lost, the other one against Texas Tech, a game that they lost. I think BU is probably a little bit overrated this year. Really, I mean, again, this has not been a great spread team. Uh, Kentucky has won three in a row, covered all three of those by double digits. They've won six to seven straight up, five and two against the number in their last seven games. Uh, they shoot nearly 50% from the field. Number four in America at 49.8%. I think the wrong team is favored. I Back the Jayhawks today with a ton of confidence. Uh, catching points against the Baylor Bears. Again, tough to go on the road, but I think Kansas is the better and more complete team here. So those are the four plays I have in college. Also, a quick nod to uh, I'll back the Blue Devils here, laying seven points at the Carrier Dome against Syracuse. They won by 20 against them last time out. Uh, you're talking about a Syracuse team that uh, offensively is not very good. Duke's defense has been fantastic uh, over their last 10 games, um, only allowing their opponents to shoot or to score rather 67 points per game. Duke is shooting 47% from the field over their last 10. While the orange shooting just 41% from the field over their last 10, those are my college plays on to the NBA. Uh, The big game tonight between Brooklyn and Milwaukee, Uh, the bucks laying nine and a half points here. Bucks have been a, Terrible spread team, and Brooklyn has been the worst spread team uh, in the NBA this year. Milwaukee covering just forty-three percent, Brooklyn at thirty-seven percent. The Bucks are eleven and twenty against the number at home, and Brooklyn just got rolled by Boston uh, the other night as a nine-point dog, uh, thanks to forty percent shooting from three-point land for Boston. But you know the Drummond Giannis matchup tonight will be interesting to see how that plays out. It's just too many points for me to lay with Milwaukee, a team that hasn't been very good against the number at home. Uh, I don't have a ton of confidence in Brooklyn because I just keep waiting for them to put this whole thing together um, as they continue to be one of the favorites to win the NBA title. I would like to say I'm not sure why. I get why, because everything is there, and if they put it all together, they should be, but we just haven't seen them put it all together yet because we don't know. We haven't seen Kevin Durant in a while. Still Ben Simmons yet to play. Kyrie Irving has been in and out. Obviously, with the vaccine stuff and everything else, now you add Seth Curry into the mix along with Patty Mills and Andre Drummond. Like There are the pieces there. We just haven't seen it yet. But I do believe Seth Curry gives them enough shooting uh, against a team like Milwaukee to be able to cover this number and keep it within single digits. So uh, I'll back Brooklyn tonight catching nine and a half points. Memphis and Chicago uh, should be a fun one. Um, What looks like a short number here for Uh, the Chicago Bulls at home but it's a total that I'm interested in here 236 going to play the over two of the highest scores in the league and John Morant over 26 points per game DeMar DeRozan over 28 points per game I think both of these players show out tonight in a big time matchup here you're talking about two teams that are in the top 10 in points scored per game Memphis at number three Chicago at number seven the Bulls also number two in three-point shooting they should be very good at that both of these teams Teams, 55% to the over on the year. Memphis has lost to uh, Minnesota the other night, snapped a streak of eight straight overs. Both of these teams are going to score. This should be a fun one. They'll get up and down and run. I don't think there'll be any shortage of points um, between these two teams on the hardwood tonight. So I'll take the over 236. Feels like a manageable number uh, for both those teams to, to hit the over. And then finally, San Antonio at Miami. Both these teams on a back-to-back, San Antonio won in double overtime last night against Washington, and Miami easily dispatched of the Knicks. The Heat laying seven and a half and a small total of two twenty-four here. Uh, San Antonio seven and five against the spread on back-to-backs this year, so a slight lean on the Spurs. But both of these teams are good over teams. Miami is the best over team in the league at 60%. And San Antonio's offense has come on strong here uh over the last couple of weeks into in, from January into February. Uh they are 55% to the over. Uh, they are both top 10 offenses as well. A little bit of pause on Miami's defense because it's very good. I and mean, when you get a team that just went into double overtime, um last night may have some tired legs against a strong Miami defense, but I think both of these teams can score enough. Um, As long as this is one of these, you got to wait to get to the window to see who's playing. There Maybe some guys taking a night off, but if you get a full compliment, everybody's healthy. I'll play the over 224 between these two teams tonight in the NBA. So those are my college and NBA picks for today. I'll be back tomorrow. For point spread Sunday, appreciate all of you guys joining me here on point spread Saturday. Up next, it's Lombardi Line with Patrick Maher and Mike Lombardi. Make sure you keep it locked into Vison for all your sports betting needs. Appreciate you guys joining us on point spread Saturday. Back tomorrow, right here on Vison, the sports betting network. Have a great day, everybody.